All right, ladies and gentlemen, very excited to have you out here today for our next session of the Direct Selling Executive Forum's Women in Leadership podcast series. We have a special guest I'll be introducing in just a moment, and, and this is going to be another just really fun and inspiring series uh, to walk through together today. We have a treat for you. Um, before I bring out Seema, I want to give you just an introduction on her incredible background because you talk about being an overcomer and growing through obstacles and 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 being able to create amazing things Seema's uh, story is is something we can all learn from and so Seema Moshbacher is a computer engineer who became the world's youngest airline pilot at the age of 20 years old her background in engineering and extensive knowledge in the beauty industry helped her engineer a revolutionary lash system known as 10-day lashes and before 10-day lashes came around, available options in the market were flimsy, same-side clusters of gucky lash glues, right? After developing these two-week at-home lash extensions, she scaled her company's nine-figure valuation within less than a year of launch without any outside funding. So, gang, we talk about a nine-year valuation, less than a year, no outside funding, that's why when we say we want to talk about a woman who's leading in, in bootstrapping a company, Seema. So Seema, thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Got it. And then we have Gail, who's going to be our host today. She'll be kicking off the session and walking us through the questions from the panel. For those of you that are new to the Direct Selling Executives panel, this is an invite-only community of direct selling executives who ask all kinds of questions about the current state of affairs in our world. And we bring on expert speakers who are also executives in the space to share their thoughts. So when we talked about bootstrapping and growing a business like a direct-to-consumer company, no, no one else came to mind but Seema. And so we're so happy to have you here today. So Gail, let's pass to you. Let's get the session started. All right, welcome to the DSEF, uh, Seema, and welcome everybody to this episode entitled Bootstrapping and Building in Referral Marketing Like a Direct Consumer Brand. In a world where traditional marketing strategies are being challenged by disruptive business mo models, direct-to-consumer brands have emerged as game changers. These innovative companies have paved their own paths bypassing intermediaries and uh, connecting directly to their consumers. And their success lies in their ability to build businesses from the ground up with limited external resources and capital. Now, what was it about um, referral marketing that made you decide to expand into uh, the channel? Uh, you started as a direct-to-consumer brand and opened Dollhouse as a separate channel in the, in, refer in the referral marketing space. What was it about referral marketing that made you decide? To me, referral marketing represented an opportunity to drive a business growth while also delivering meaningful benefits to our customers. The traditional path of marketing involves um, delivering uh, heavy spending on advertising and promotional strategies with consumers at the receiving end. However, referral marketing appends this dynamic turning customers into partners and they become not just recipient of our products, but also advocates and um, our stakeholders. But beyond um, clear business benefits, what truly drew me towards referral marketing was the potential to empower women. And given my own journey coming basically from nothing in, you know, middle of nowhere and being a self-made mm -hmm. woman um, and becoming a successful entrepreneur, I'm acutely aware of 
power of opportunity and power to dream and power to strive and achieve. And mm-hmm. for all marketing, I saw the means to extend this power to others. And it's a model that offers low barrier to entry and extremely high potential for returns, creating a viable earning pathway to entre- entrepreneurship for many that who may not have other opportunities. To me, this was not just about mm-hmm. driving sales, but also making a difference um, for other women as well. Seema, I love that. I love hearing that perspective because we, you know, you run into product manufacturers or people who are running D2C brands and they say like, well, why referral marketing? And I love your answer because you, you know, you've already done so much of the work when you've already built a D2C brand that it takes to be successful in referral marketing. Like you've, you've figured out how to manufacture your product and create value for a customer. You've figured out customer service and delivered a product on time. And you figured out merchant processing and, and you figured out you know um, returns and, and creating value and, and how, what it takes to acquire a customer and messaging and a story. Like all these elements have already been finalized when you're running a D2C brand. And so when, when you mentioned, yeah, to us, referral marketing was just another channel and it was this great opportunity to empower women entrepreneurs all over the world. I, I said, you're right on. The thing that I think a lot of people miss is you've already done 85, 90% of the work of opening a referral marketing company when you're running the D2C brand. You've already done some of the big things. Now it's just a different approach. I love that. For me, it was also about, it was not really about actually the money because like every month we were already generating like basically like sales and when we started direct sales obviously it didn't immediately catch up and for me every month we were spending millions of dollars on the social media marketing platforms and when our first commission run was issued and I think we paid like close to $400,000 and I was like oh my god I actually see the women on my Facebook feed receiving this money and before then this when I was actually giving this money for generally like getting customers I was not getting that satisfaction and for me that fulfillment was basically just like everything and I was like if I may if I'm gonna do it I would rather actually make a little bit less money on that part and I would rather actually give it to others as well because that part of it and I was like oh my god this is just like incredible (laughs) that's awesome Siva (laughs) I love it that is so great and um Referral marketing, as you know, is a powerful strategy that already harnesses the influence of satisfied customers. And in a DTC um, mode of marketing, you already have the satisfied customers. So uh, what principles from your direct-to-consumer past have served you in opening your new channel? Um, Our direct-to-consumer background has been an invaluable asset in our expansion to referral marketing. In D2C model, we cultivated direct relationships with our customers, understanding their needs and wants, and creating products that delivered real value to them. These principles of customer empathy, quality, and integrity have served us as the foundation of our referral marketing channel. Um, What I would say the most powerful principle we carried over um, from our DTC background is customer centricity. Um, Our direct interaction with the customers provided me valuable insight into their lifestyle needs and aspirations. And it helped me curate not just the product, but also the experience. This intimate knowledge allowed me to tailor our referral marketing model in a way that that resonated deeply with our customers. Um, Another key principle is transparency. The DTC model thrives on trust and our customers trusted us deliver on our promises. As we transitioned into referral marketing, we prioritized maintaining this trust. Um, We ensured that every part of our operation from quality of our product to the benefits of our representatives upheld our commitment to transparency and honesty. 
the heart of our success, transitioning from D2C model to referral marketing, channelizing, keeping our customers and their needs at the core of everything we do. That's such a powerful thing for the listeners to get. You got to remember that sometimes yeah, I find people start a direct selling company because of a specific product and they're just really passionate about this product and they think, oh, wow, this product, ooh, oh, this product's a game changer. You know, referral is going to be a great way to get this product out to folks. And if you listen closely to Seema, like here, here she is as an engineer and an inventor of product, you would think Seema would have said, oh yeah, and the Lash Serum and all this, like she hasn't said that once. She was talking about the customer's experience and how they feel and what she created for them. And I think many, I don't think, I know that many times people who have fallen short on their their ability to execute on the full opportunity ahead of them, you know, have, have lost lost the vision of the end experience they're truly creating for that customer and how they're making that person feel at the end of the day, whether they're giving them more confidence or beauty or or them helping them feel sexy or whatever that is that you're doing at the end of the day uh, with your product as you're creating that. So I, I love that you shared that, Seema. Great thoughts. Thank you. Um, for me, it was an actual, like when we even like started our like products, um, it wasn't really about the promise that we were giving to the customers. It was also about after they received this product, what kind of experience they had with our product and if they did not have any kind of experience that we wanted them to have obviously we did not deliver our promise because our promise not only two-week lashes our promise also comes with what comes with two-week lashes it comes the immediate confidence when you wake up and you feel beautiful it comes that energy boost and the mood boost whenever someone compliments you on your lashes it comes with getting a value and not spending $200 on lash extensions where you can actually spend that money on your kids. You can spend it on your family. And this is basically all the benefits comes with it. So for us, understanding this helped me to be able to build referral marketing model that also resonated with so many people. Um, Mm -hmm. When we launched our direct sales business, we launched with almost 20,000 distributors. And uh, that was just the basically pre-launch phase. And when customers joined as a partners or other distributors came in, they did not come that, oh, it was such a cool lashes, we can actually sell it, which other people, that's what they thought, which is not true. When they came in, they were like, oh my God, this experience is just great. The whole everything, the culture, everything else is actually built for us, is actually built for us. And people can feel it. You can get away up to a certain point, but you can't actually build that meaningful connections with your partners and with your customers. Awesome. That is so great to hear. And it's so empowering to hear that as well. Um, What was the most surprising or even painful lesson that you feel that you've learned since expanding into the space? Great question. It's a great question. Um, Moving into referral marketing certainly came with its own challenges and lessons. the most important realization came in in the form of understanding the complexities of managing sophisticated supply chain in the face of rapid growth. Um, to illustrate this, I'll share a story of Row, a company that built an incredible successful business through referral marketing. And their growth was nothing uh, phenomenal, but it came with its own set of challenges. At the peak of their success, they encountered significant issues with their supply chain. The rapid increase in demand stretched their logistical capabilities, leading to the problem with delivery and product quality. This affected their reputation and eventually um, their sales. This case served me as um, need for robust logistical system to support the rapid and often unpredictable growth that can come with referral marketing. It's a lesson we've taken to heart and in investing heavily 
and strengthening our supply chain and delivery mechanism to ensure we can meet our commitments to our customers and also our stakeholders are basically um, brand partners. This experience taught me a great product or an extremely empowered and uh, um, excited customer base or a partner base. It's about ensuring their entire operation from production to delivery um, is geared up to meet unique demands of this model. It's demanding challenge, but the payoff in terms of business growth and customer loyalty and personal satisfaction, I would say that it's well worth the effort. Mm-hmm. I've seen that that this part is that make or break many times when you have a leading product and people are, oh, well, they want to try it now and their commissions are dependent on it. You know, you, you have to plan properly and there's no other way to say it. It's funny that you pick LuLaRoe as an example, Seema, I, I literally was on the phone with the ops team that ran a lot of that earlier this week and faced those challenges. And some of the members that were a part of that team are people I've, I've done other projects with since and they've learned from that painful experience. And I, I love this question when it comes from the panel, because we all get that it's not cupcakes and rainbows, that challenging stuff happens in business. It's one challenge to the next, and it's our attitude and what we do to go solve it. And we can learn from others. We want to hear those those horror stories when we come to the panel because it helps us all learn and grow, right? We grow from each other so we don't have to, you know, experience that that pain again. That's the power of history, right? Learning from someone else's pain so we don't have to experience it ourselves. Now, uh, the next question, Seema, is if another executive on the line is to think about expanding into the referral marketing space. What pitfalls would you suggest that they look out for? I know you talked about how um, the challenge of and the complexity that comes with the rapid growth is, but what, what are some of the other pitfalls that you suggest that they look out for? The referral marketing space is a dynamic and obviously rewarding arena, um, but like any venture, it does come with its own unique set of challenges. And the first pitfall to be mean, mindful of it's underestimating the operational um, demands of this kind of business. Um, Referral marketing often triggers rapid growth and infrastructure needed to support this expansion from supply chain to customer service needs to be robust and agile. Um, Another common pitfall is not investing enough uh, in supporting and empowering the representatives. They are in essence, extension of your brand and proper training on your compensation plan, especially constant engagement and adequate incentives are crucial to keeping your representative base very motivated and also productive. Third, I would say also it's critical to remember that referral marketing thrives on genuine relationship over commercializing or overly aggressive sales tactics can damage the trust built between representatives and their networks. Maintaining an authentic and um, customer-centric approach, even as you scale, it's crucial for long-term success in referral marketing. And we've definitely seen that to be true. You think about the, just as much as that product experience is something you invest into when you're creating real results in your products for your members. It's also thinking about that partner experience for your affiliates and saying, what is their user experience like? What is their day-to-day like as they build our brand? And just like Seema pointed out, I love that thought, Gail. And for the members listening, it's how much have you invested into that side of the business? I I, I laugh because I was on the phone with an insurance company this week uh, that we were building platforms <laughs> for. And insurance companies are a different breed of referral marketing companies, right? Independent agents out there doing their work. And in referral mar- marketing, many times, you know, we see companies where they charge a you know an annual fee of ninety nine dollars a year, and they're wanting to cover all their costs 
for supporting their field out of $99 a year. Well, I've talked with two different insurance companies. You know what a regular insurance company in America spends between $150 and $200 a month on supporting their independent sales reps. So you think about the infrastructure, the tools that those companies want to put in place for their salespeople to be successful. And you look at ours and you have to make that decision. It is an investment and you have to decide what level of service, what level of platforms and tools and systems and training are you going to put in place for your independent sales force to be successful? It's a great question. And the truth is there's, there's no rule. There is, there's no rule. There's no right or wrong rule, right? They, SEMA can't say, well, it's this number and that's the right number. No, you, you have to decide how, what type of experience you're going to create for your independent sales reps. But I love the thought of thinking about that separately. You got your customer experience over here, you got your rep experience over here and know that, hey, there's a lot of different ways for people to make extra income in this world these days. Right? There's a ton. There's a ton of different ways. You have competition. It's not just uh, other direct selling opportunities. It's Uber Eats, it's Airbnb. There's all kinds of other things people can do to make that extra income in their life. And so you have to really think. I love that thought, Zima, of what kind of experience you want to create. Back to you, Gail. Right. Thank you for those answers and those insights. Um, the last question, Seema, is if you could start over, would you do anything differently? And what would you do differently? Of course, um, everything is a learning lesson. Um, reflecting back on our journey, I believe the most significant change I would make would be in our preparation for growth. Referral marketing often leads a rapid increase in, uh, in demand and ensuring the infrastructure is in place to handle the surge is crucial. If we're able to do it all over again, I would invest more heavily and proactively scaling our operations and logistics from get to go. And secondly, I would place a greater emphasis on creating structured training and development programs for our representative from very, very beginning, empowering them with knowledge and tools and confidence to succeed is critical in their referral marketing model. That being said, every stumble um, and every challenge we encountered has served as a stepping stone and molding us into resilient and adaptive company that we are today. While we may have done a few things differently, I don't believe that I would want to trade the learning and growth that has come from navigating these challenges. They have been integral and in shaping our journey and our success. Wow. Well, Seema, thank you for just being here for such a raw conversation. You know, you're to, to the direct selling folks who are on this line that have been in this space for a decade, you know, or two decades or three decades. It's a fresh conversation to have a face like Seema on the line and, and for you to share of, hey, just being here for a, a year plus in this space. Hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm experiencing. You know, these are all principles that people can apply to their referral marketing business of thinking through not only their customer experience, but that distributor experience and creating something that's attractive to others. People are like, well, it it was attractive 10 years ago. Well, it's not attractive today. And so that's a question people have to ask themselves all the time and very grateful uh, for your feedback and for participating in the forum. We're grateful to have you here. Thank you for being here. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate you inviting me today here. Um, I always love to help others as much as I can and um, sharing my experience and our learnings. It was definitely very rewarding. And um, thank you so much uh, for your time. And thank you so much, Gail, too. Well, we appreciate it. For those of you that are new to the Direct Selling Executives Forum, if you're not a member of the LinkedIn group, it's free. It's an invite-only community for Direct Selling Executives. Go to directsellingexecutivesforum.com. It'll forward you to the LinkedIn group or search for the Direct Selling Executives Forum on LinkedIn. 
you're watching on the YouTube live stream or you're watching on Spotify, know that you can subscribe to get the next updates in the newest episodes. We have new streams going out every week and speakers. You can submit questions inside of the LinkedIn group that you want to have the experts answer. And as well, uh, you can hear future episodes, of course, by subscribing. Get all the updates and access to the reports that get published uh, from these talks by joining the LinkedIn group at Direct Selling Executives Forum. Gail, back to you. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Seema, and thank you, Sir Ben. Um, thank you to everybody who's listened to the episode today. And it's so important to think about all these things. And it's so nice to, to see that there is a chance for direct-to-consumer brands to become a referral marketing uh, channels as well. If you're listening uh, to the podcast, you can also watch us on YouTube. We do have a podcast set up there as well as uh, everything that Sir Ben uh, mentioned earlier. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you soon. Awesome. Bye for now. Bye.